For over 20 years, I've had a weight issue that was masking a deeper issue, food addiction. Welcome to Foodiction, a podcast about food addiction recovery. I am your host, Julie Hatch. All right. It is the day after Christmas. I hope you enjoyed the holiday season, be it Hanukkah or Christmas or Christmas Eve, if you celebrate those holidays. I hope that you enjoyed yourself. We did. My husband offered to cook, which allowed me and my mother, who usually hosts, to really just enjoy the kids, the grandkids, friends. It was just very low-key, very simple, but very relaxing and enjoyable. It was just all about the company we were keeping and it was just fun. We made some great memories. Did I stay on plan? No, I did not. <clears throat> I didn't do as poorly as I had years past. I did learn what I can do differently. <clears throat> Moving forward uh, as we approach the next holidays. And I know that I will be better off because of the things that I was able to learn <clears throat> that will help me next time. But I I am all, I really am grateful that it wasn't a complete failure. Every day leading up to it looked different and I made an effort and even though I did not completely succeed that effort counts. So I felt the difference and I'm grateful and even even in going off a plan, it wasn't as horrible as it could have been. So I'm grateful for that. Any little success I'm grateful for. However, something really unexpected happened. Last night, I, everyone had returned to bed. I had just finished cleaning dishes and cleaning up and tidying up a little bit before heading off to bed. And I decided to watch some TV there was a docu-series that I came across for, it was about the, the Way Down Diet, and Gwen Shamblin, who was the creator of that diet plan and her church out in Tennessee, which I think became kind of a, a franchise. I think she had more than one uh, church, so she established more than one. Anyway, I... It was all about the way down diet. And I remembered seeing ads on Facebook all the time for the way down diet. I was very attracted to it because it was the first time that I had considered God in the equation of my health journey. And that felt very important and foundational to me. What kept me from investing in that plan is that I had a disconnect between Gwen Shamblin and what she was, what her message was all about and what her program was all about. There was a disconnect. The package looked different than the message. (laughs) And, And I couldn't really put my finger on it until I watched this docuseries. And I went, ah, okay what I was sensing intuitively, there was a reason for that. And it's not that her plan wouldn't have been beneficial or anything like that, but I just felt like something was out of alignment. It made me think about sharing my own journey with each of you. 
and what is the true motive of doing that years ago I had an experience I'll never forget it was one of the hardest experiences of my life but I had an opportunity to learn what well-meaning good-hearted individuals can fall prey to and can inflict can inflict on others without realizing it I think that Gwen Shamblin really did believe that she was helping people and I do believe it, it started with that desire right she felt convicted and she wanted to help other people I do believe that but it slowly turned into manipulation and hypocrisy on certain levels which can happen even to the most well-meaning person it can happen to any of us and it happens subtly and I witnessed that about five six years ago I want to say maybe five years ago I witnessed that I experienced that I found myself in the middle of the perfect storm what started out as enrolling my daughter in a private religious school ended up becoming somewhat off track by people that I loved and people that I looked up to and people that I was allowing into my life and and had a huge impact and influence some of it positive and some of it not so positive and it was a very difficult situation to find myself in because it turned out to feel very cultish to me dressing a certain way speaking a certain way doing a certain way not because you feel inspired by your maker or your creator but because there is that expectation to meet somebody else's standard and allow them to have control and say in your life. And so it was one of the hardest situations that I found myself in. And it was an experience that thankfully and luckily it all came to a head and those involved were able to learn and grow from that experience. I think everyone who was involved was allowed to learn and grow, whether they were the recipient or whether they were the giver, should I say, the one that was um, kind of initiating it and leading out with it. So thankfully, I think we were all able to heal through that over the years and we were all able to become better people through that experience and understand why it just it really just imploded in on itself um, because people were waking up to a situation that was feeling very manipulative very hypocritical very negative very heavy and it was it felt impossible to get out of that situation and so when people did and were breaking away it was just one of those things where it, everything just kind of caved in on itself. That experience, you know, we are all friends now. Again, like I said, they were good hearted people. They started out with good intentions, but perhaps the approach began, began to 
start to change and shift in a way that was that was harmful and and not really good or healthy and so um it was just one of those situations but we're all better for it we're all friends and i'm grateful that i could learn more about discernment through that experience and the reason that i share this with you is because we aren't taught what the what the what red flags are for entering into a cult or finding yourself in the middle of it evolving into a cult or brainwashing we're not taught what that actually is what that looks like what that feels like what that does it's not a conversation until something drastic happens and usually it's an unfavorable thing unfavorable <laughs> unfavorable thing that happens that it that is the catalyst for having these kinds of conversations and me being in a position where I'm documenting my health journey and I'm sharing in a very public way the things that I'm learning and and the things that I'm doing and the things that I'm not doing uh, my successes my failures everything documenting this entire health journey I recognize a responsibility with that, even though I am not presenting myself as an expert in this field of food addiction recovery, I understand that I could potentially influence someone for good or for bad. And I want to just make it very, very clear to anybody who listens to these podcasts that I do not health coach for a reason. I'm going to share why. Someone had asked me, why don't you health coach now? You don't have to be perfect. You just have to be able to help others. And w when I was a health coach, I learned two things. There's a couple things happening that affected me and, and really... I think narrowed down the decision for me as to not choosing into health coaching at this time. So the first thing was that that was the most, I was health coaching with a program that had allowed me to experience the most success I had up until that point. So at the beginning, I really thought the buck stopped there. This is the end all be all. This is what really works. I believed in it 100%. I was enjoying the benefits of having released almost 80 pounds. My life was beginning to change. I felt changes inward and outward. And I was excited to be a health coach. I was successful at it. I enjoyed it to an extent. There were things about it I didn't enjoy and there were things about it I did. And I just thought, okay, I felt on top of the world. It just felt like the right fit until I started having these moments where my intuition was kicking in. I felt drawn towards whole foods and the program that I was on 
really made me dependent. My success was dependent upon buying in, buying specific foods that would help me get to a point where I could be on maintenance and and eat whole foods, but all that time leading up to that point meant that I would have to be using processed foods, these packets that I would buy in order to release the amount of weight I desired. It didn't address the food addiction. It was a weight loss program. And all of a sudden I was starting to feel out of alignment with this program. I started thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to spend $400 to $500 a month until I actually reach maintenance. And even then there may be times I may have to resort back to this program as I've seen so many of my coworkers do, people that were part of our team. I thought, I don't want to do that the rest of my life. I'm still bound. I felt still bound to a program that relied on processed food in order to get the results that I wanted. And then if I messed up, I would find myself back on that program and having to invest that money all over again. So it felt like I was on the beginning of a malicious cycle. Not only that, but it was playing with my head a little bit. (laughs) And by that, I mean that I had established my why. And it started out with wanting to be healthy. I just wanted to be healthy. That was my big why. But that started to shift as I worked with people and it became more about keeping face, making sure that I was staying slim and healthy, not for me, but for others so that they could trust me, right? So that I could, I could sustain the credibility that I had in having had successful results. It became about, I have to do this so that people will trust me to help them and I can grow my business as opposed to being healthy. And I could justify it and say, oh, it's both. But really, it wasn't. It's, it really just started feeling more and more and more like I don't dare mess up. There's this line, there's this crossroads that I reached where I had to determine how willing was I to be vulnerable and raw and 100% honest. What I was constantly asking myself, what is the threshold for being vulnerable and honest and raw before I could lose credibility like risk losing that credibility. Where's that threshold? I I did not want to continue to put myself in that position. It felt unhealthy. It felt toxic in a way. I, it really kind of messed with my head a little bit. And so I decided to go off the program. I could no longer sell a program or advocate a program that I no longer believed in. And I followed my heart and my intuition. And it took me, it took me a good 
year and a half, almost two years before I was introduced to Brightline Eating, which actually is a food addiction recovery program and not a weight loss program. And I started learning about the addiction piece, right? And during that time, well, actually before I started health coaching, I was introduced to the concept of bringing God to the forefront. So instead of doing the way down diet, what I did is a friend had told me about a book called Thin Within that really grandfathered this whole concept of bringing Christ into the center of your health and, and the focus of your health journey. So I went to the library and I checked out this book called Thin Within, and then I ended up buying my own copy off of Amazon. And it had some really great principles in it that I was able to extract. I think that's when I really had made the decision that from that point on, Christ was going to be involved in in my health journey and not just in my life, but in, specifically in my health journey. So there were all these things that happened, these series of things that happened that introduced me to different pieces of the pie as far as overcoming this food addiction, because it's not just something that's physical. It's mental, it's emotional, it's spiritual. Christ, Jesus Christ being our creator embodies all of that. And sometimes I think as humans, we tend to want to compartmentalize, separate them all. And uh, we find one piece that helps and we think that it's the end all be all when really it's just a piece. (laughs) I don't know if that's ever happened to you, but it's happened to me many times. I think I found the answer because it's helping, but then there's still something that I haven't learned that is a part. It's a piece and it's important. So I decided after that program and leaving that program behind and health coaching behind, after that, I had made the decision that I was not going to health coach while I was focusing on my own health. I didn't want to put myself in that position. I figured I will wait, either wait until I am in maintenance before I help others, or I won't at all. (laughs) And it's still yet to be, and it's still undecided. I really don't know if this podcast is going to evolve into more. Is it going to evolve into a book? or presentations and and public speaking again? Is it going to evolve into a business? I don't really know. I haven't been given those steps. So I, I don't even really know what my future holds. All I know is that right now, hosting this podcast feels very important. And it feels like something I need to be doing. And that's and there's really no motive for it other than to support others help them feel less alone in their own journeys, share in that journey with, with those who listen, and also to document my own journey so that I can come back to it and remember those pieces and the things that I was learning along the way. I could and others could too if they wanted to. And I wanted there to be that option. I wanted people to be able to hear and listen 
and make the connection between my starting point and my ending point to really get a solid understanding of what progress really looks like. Because so often when we hear success stories, it's only after goals have been achieved. It's not usually during the process. And so we come away with this faulty belief that results should be immediate, progress should be almost automatic. You know, it's this thing that's rapid. (laughs) And we kind of get this misconception about progress and what it really is and what it means to become, whether it's become wealthy, whether it's become healthy, whether it's become spiritual, spiritually strong, whatever that goal is that you have, becoming is a process. And I really wanted to take a moment and I wanted to present you with the case for Christ and why I decided to involve him in my journey. Because I know, and I've heard some of my more agnostic and atheist loved ones comment and say, why are you, why are you so fixated? Why are people so fixated on Christ and making him a part of their life? And why can't they be good enough without him? Why, 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 why? All these questions, right? I remember one time I was courting a man and he made the comment, I wish I had as much faith as you do. My thought process at that moment was you can if you choose to because faith is a choice. It's not something that just magically happens out of thin air. It's a series of choices. It begins with hope and acting on that hope, experimenting on that hope that fosters faith. And it takes just as much faith to believe in Jesus Christ as not believing in him. It takes just as much faith because you're still having faith in something that you cannot see. You're still putting your faith in something you can't see. You're making a, you're coming to a conclusion, making a decision based on something you cannot see, whether you choose to believe in him or not. Now, I remember when I had left my church for several years, I left my church And there was a time when I questioned everything, everything that I had been brought up to believe, I questioned. And it was, I was having a faith crisis and it was one of the scariest times of my life because I really identified myself as a, as a religious, excuse me, as a religious person, not just a spiritual person, but a religious person. So what does it mean if you take religion out of the equation, then who is, who is Julie? So I went through that and I remember making a list, a mental list of pros and cons of how it serves me to believe in Jesus Christ and how is it serving me not to believe in Jesus Christ and looking at the fruits of those decisions. You know, there's a time in my life where I opted out and I chose not to believe that Jesus Christ was real and where I did not have him as the center of my life. He was not in my life. I was too busy being angry at him. (laughs) If he did exist, I was too angry. And so I chose not to. And what I learned is that I, I wouldn't have considered myself unhappy. If somebody had said, Julie, are you really happy? I would have probably answered yes. 
but I didn't understand the differences between temporary pleasure, which I equated to be happiness and long lasting joy. I, I didn't know there was a difference. I thought it was all one and the same. But what I realized is that the decisions that I was making more and more, they were having costs attached to them. So for the time being, temporarily, I could probably extract something I thought was a benefit from it, but there was always some kind of repercussion. There was always some kind of cost. And I started getting really tired of that. And I missed the peace that I used to feel when I chose to believe in Jesus Christ. And when he was more paramount in my life, more front and center, I missed the peace and I missed feeling good about myself as a result of having made good choices that were actually healthy and serving me and serving those around me. There was a stark contrast and the pros and cons list on either side is ultimately when I looked at that and thought, oh my gosh, there's so many more benefits to choosing to believe in Jesus Christ and making him center of my life than not. I don't know if very many people ask, like, ask themselves that question, but I did. And I challenge you, if you haven't, I challenge you to do the same thing. Make a list of pros and cons. One is going to be believing in Christ and making him the center of your life, nurturing that relationship constantly and consistently. The other one is choosing not to believe that he exists, choosing to opt him out of your life completely. You know, it's a very dismal <laughs> when I was choosing to believe, to not believe in him. It was dismal because there, there was suddenly no hope. There was suddenly no purpose. There was suddenly no point other than self-gratification, self-centeredness. Everything was me, 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 me. Everything was. It was all about what I could get. And usually it was around what, you know, here's the interesting thing is during that time when I didn't believe in Jesus Christ, I could never get enough. It was more, 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 more me, 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 me. Truly, my whole life was that. And there were consequences, natural consequences, whether I wanted to look at them squarely and honestly or not, there were. And the fruits of those years were pretty minimal, pretty, pretty minimal. So making the choice to make him to make him the center of my life and choosing to believe in him and experiment upon his word, which I know to be in the Bible and other scriptures, like the Book of Mormon and Doctrine and Covenants and Pearl of Great Price, other books. Um, I discovered that the fruits were abundant and it was like the gift that kept on giving the rewards kept on growing. The benefits of believing were very obvious. I felt peace and harmony restored in my life. I felt hope again. I was more productive. 
it was just very, very interesting to see and experience that contrast in my life. Why is it important on a health journey? Okay, now I'm going to, I'm going to bring this now into why I chose to bring him into my health journey. I chose to bring him into my health journey because I knew that there would be times when I let myself down and there would be times when others would let me down. And then what? I'd been there before and no one digged me out, including myself. No one could dig me out of the ditches. It took someone bigger, better, stronger, perfect <laughs> to lift me out of the drenches and to get me out of the drenches. It, I needed something bigger than myself for those moments when I had hit rock bottom because I didn't have it within myself to rise like the phoenix and, and get myself out of the ditch. I just didn't. I tried. I tried. And, you know, yeah, it hurt my pride when I realized that I need help and I couldn't rely on people that I loved. I either my pride was getting in the way of asking them for help. I'd been hurt by them, some by some imagined hurt. Some of them were real hurts. Some of them were imagined. Um, but I, I just kind of disconnected and detached from everybody and didn't want their help. And I was tired of being let down. I had gone through a very bitter divorce and was devastated by that divorce and filtering life through that lens. This is why it is so important to learn to be willing to and to learn to look at your shadow sides, those sides of yourself that you tend to criticize very harshly and to make peace with them because... If you don't, and you don't make the effort to heal some of the trauma in your life or the negative experiences, you will continue to filter life through that lens. And what you won't realize is how distorted a reality the result is when you do that. It distorts reality. And when you start to heal, it's like someone takes the blinders off your eyes and you see life for what it really is. You see the truth in all things and it changes you in, in a, the best way possible, the best way possible. But we have to be willing to set our egos aside, to humble ourselves, to accept that we don't have all the answers that we're ever learning, ever evolving, and to make peace with those weaknesses and by that, I mean being willing to look at them and do something about them. So with Christ being at the center, when I am stuck in my humanness and in my weakness, I know I can pray and I literally feel his strength and his power. That's why there's that scripture that says with, with God, all things are possible. He is omnipotent. He's perfect. He's our creator, and he literally can strengthen us during the times that we feel weak. And we can look at his example. He too was tempted. We can look at his example and learn how to become stronger 
And we can pray to him and ask for strength and he will give that strength to us right when we need it the most. He'll love us at every stage, every weight, every weakness and strength, every phase of our life he loves us. There's nothing we can do to earn his love. However, that doesn't mean that his love is unconditional and and that we don't have to try. He still expects us to try. That's why we're here to learn and to grow. He still expects us to try. He loves us regardless, but he still wants us to try and to, and to be more like him. And why wouldn't we want to when he is love and light, which is knowledge. He's all these important and amazing things. Why wouldn't we aspire to that? Right. But in my journey, what I've learned is that it's a must it's a need. And sometimes I go through phases where I'm really good about including him. And sometimes I go through phases where I'm disconnected and I have to really put forth an effort to connect with him. I go through, it's like an ebb and a flow. And lately it's not been the greatest. I'm going to admit it hasn't, I can do, I can definitely do more. Um, and I will, (laughs) but there's definitely an ebb and flow for me. There's definitely times when I'm much more consistent and I feel super close to him. Like I know him, like I know my own parents and siblings. And then there's times when I feel a little bit more distance. He's still there. And I know that, but I, it's really up to me to grow that relationship because he's always available. But if I don't make the effort to nurture that relationship. It's no different with my earthly relationships, right? With my relationships with my parents, my friends, my siblings, my children, you know, it takes effort. It does take some investment of your time and energy. So it's no different, but that is the case for Christ for me. And overcoming a food addiction, when you're talking about something that has a chemical response to your to your body, to your, to your brain, which is your central command center, right? You need something and someone who is strong, who can lend support, who can love you during the hardest times, who can inspire you, who can give you that strength and that encouragement. It's a need and it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So this is the, this is the faith piece this is the God piece of, of a health journey. And you can disagree. You, you can. That's allowed. You can disagree with me anytime. And that's okay. We're all different. We have different experiences and we draw different conclusions from those experiences. We could each have the same experience and come away with a completely different understanding. And I honor, I, I respect that and I, I honor that. Uh, we each have our agency I never want anyone to feel like I am manipulating them. I'm trying to convert them. I'm trying to control them. Um, That is not my motive. That is not, I don't want to have a motive (laughs) other than I'm sharing openly and honestly um, in hopes that it can help someone. But the minute that it becomes manipulative, the minute it becomes 
um, coercion, the, the minute it becomes toxic like that, I'm not helping. And then this no longer serves its purpose. This whole sharing and hosting this podcast no longer serves its purpose, right? So understand, I am not an expert in the field of food addiction recovery. I am not a health coach. And even if someday I am, it is always going to be at the forefront of my mind of what is the purpose that I wish to fulfill. What is that purpose? And I'm, I pray, I hope, and I pray that I will not fall victim to the manipulation and deceit of Satan who will get us off track, steer, steer us off course, muddy up our good intentions, can lead us down the slippery slope of evolving into something that ends up not being what you wanted when you started out. I really believe that happens to, to more leaders than we realize or that we understand. And I don't think, like I said, with Gwen Shamblin, I think she started out really wanting to help, but there was a, a need there that was an undercurrent and things started to shift and evolve and it became um, somewhat toxic. It's not to say that her way down diet didn't have truth or didn't help people. And I think there were people that in spite of whatever she was going through on a personal level, were still able to benefit but there were also people that were harmed, right? There were still, there was still a cost. And anytime there's a cost attached to something like that, it's an indication that we've gone off track where something's out of alignment, something's broken and needs to be addressed and fixed. So I would just hope, you know, don't put me on a pedestal. Don't expect me to, to do everything perfectly. I'm not, I'm not. I'm human. I have weaknesses and that's not letting myself off the hook. That's just accepting truth that I am a human being just like you. I have my ups and downs. I have my weaknesses and strengths. I do the best that I can. I keep trying. I'm grateful for the experiences in my past that taught me how to discern. And if you want to learn how to discern is simple. You take whatever you listen to whether it's a podcast or a speech or some TED talk, you take everything you're reading, you take all the information that you've accumulated and you take it to the Lord and you ask him if it's true. And if it is, you will receive peace in your heart and your mind. There will be absolutely no dual mindedness. You will feel that conviction. And if there's not you will feel that stupor of thought. You will feel conflicted. You will feel confused. You'll swing back and forth. Um, it's, it's pretty cut and dry. That is how, and the more that you do that, the more you take things to the Lord, all that information, the more you do that, the more you sharpen your, your ability to discern and you become very attuned and sensitive. Um, so it's a really great skill, I would say. Discernment is a skill that needs to be developed and it will serve you the, your whole life if you do. So I would say never lean on the arm of flesh completely. 
and make sure that everything that you learn, all the information you come into, that you are questioning it, that you're taking it before the Lord, let him be your standard. Let him reveal truth to you and lead you to truth. You don't have to go. You don't even have to go and find it. If you take it to him, he'll guide you to what is true. You don't even have to worry. You know, I remember my friend gave me such great advice. I had this Baptist friend. She could tell that I was just, I had so many questions that went unanswered and I was really caught up in trying to seek for the answers to questions that I had before I was even ready for them to be answered or accept the answer. And she told me one day, she's like, let it go. Your ego wants answers. Let that go and just trust the process. Trust God. Trust that he's going to lead you to truth in his perfect timing and his perfect ways. You don't have to put that all on yourself. And Rome wasn't built in a day. You're not going to get all the answers all at once. You're going to get them line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. That is how we come into truth. It's usually not all at once. Once in a while, we'll, we'll get those sparks of inspiration where it all comes and you can't even describe it and put it into words. It's all there. But more often than not, I think it's a step-by-step process, just like progress, step-by-step. He takes us through that. So trust that, you know, trust that if you're feeling frustrated in your health journey and you, you've had all this information and some of it's conflicting, trust me, I've reached that point. I know the frustration. I've been in tears over it before. Just let go, let go of the answers and pay attention to the questions that are in your mind, but trust that the answers will appear as you're ready for them. There's that saying that Um, When the student is ready, the teacher appears. And that is a very, very true uh, quote or whatever you want to call that. It's true. So trust that. Trust the process. You'll learn as you go. It's okay to ask questions. But if you don't get those answers right away, be patient. And be patient with yourself. Self-compassion goes a long way. I hope that as I continue, you know, this next year, I'm going into my second season. It's very, very exciting. I probably will still I don't know how long I'll be hosting this podcast. But I imagine I'll probably host it even once I do get to maintenance. And once I do overcome food addiction, just so that I can share what that part is like, there's something to be learned. At every point of our lives at every phase of our lives, there's something to be learned. Always. And I, I hope that it inspires you, but, but I would also say, hey, I'm not infallible. And I might say something that isn't always true. It won't be intentional, of course, but, and, and I might think it is true in the moment, but I'm not infallible, you know? And so take what I say and what I'm sharing and ponder that and take it to the Lord in prayer and ask him if it's true. And if you feel triggered by something I'm saying, understand and recognize that that is an indication that I've hit on something that is unhealed in you and lean in, discover what that is. And it, it, yes, it, it's sometimes messy and sometimes hard. If you do that, it's not an easy thing to do. And it takes a large amount of courage and faith, but the reward is huge and life-changing. So 
here is to next year. I didn't want to get into next year without sharing the faith piece or the God piece. And I hope that um, what I'm sharing with you, you'll experiment with that. It starts with hope. Never lose hope. And experiment on that hope. Choose into faith. It's much more rewarding. Trust me on that. <laughs> it's much more rewarding. And, um, you know, if you struggle with, you know, a relationship with Christ or believing in him, then I would challenge you to do those pros and cons and ask yourself, what's the benefit of not believing in him versus what is the benefit of believing in him? What result or fruit is born when I choose to believe in him versus when I don't? I would challenge you to do that. All right, guys. Um, hey, by the way, before I leave, I just wanted to mention there is a group by the same name of this podcast called Foodiction on Facebook. And I post in there regularly and consistently. I hope that you guys will join us in there. There's a lot of tips. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of recipes, meal ideas, inspiration. I'm hoping there's even some humor in there. I, I really want you to feel comfortable and know that you have a community. It's brand new. So there's not very many people in there right now. It's intimate. Um, all of you introverts will probably appreciate that, <laughs> but it will grow. I'm sure over time people will find it and join, but this group is really for those who want to become more Christ centered, who want to become healthy, who want to become free of addiction um, who want to uh, become connected because the opposite of addiction is connection. So it's fourfold. This group serves four purposes. And if that is something that resonates with you and that interests you, I welcome you to this group. And you can go to facebook.com backslash groups backslash foodiction, F-O-O-D-I-C-T-I-O-N. That is where I'll be posting new content, new episodes. Uh, I will be also using this group as a resource to find future guests that would like to share their journey. You don't have to be an expert necessarily. You can be if you, if you are. That's fine. But if you have a message on your heart, I would encourage you to share it. There's probably a reason that it's on your heart and mind. And I would love for you to reach out to me in the group. I'm the admin in that group. Just message me. Throw me a message if you're interested in being a guest. And let's have some fun in there. And let's connect. Check in there consistently and regularly for support. Support is a huge part of healing from food addiction. And um, also, if you're not healing from a food addiction, but you are just trying to release some weight, um, that support is invaluable. <laughs> so I really hope that you'll join us. And thank you for tuning in. Until next time, make today great.